a detective and a historian in the house today. Here they come. The parents might not know, but Chief, Ins was it Chief Inspector Hans Koof has been speaking to our children through video link every Sunday morning. So this is the first time they've ever seen him in the flesh. So I'm going to ask our historian first, historian Rob, you need to tell us about events like the Battle of Trafalgar or when men landed on the moon, but you weren't there. How do you know what happened? I study things that were written or made in the past. So maybe letters that people wrote to each other, or photographs they took, or paintings they made, or even things like if you look in the walls of the church, there's things written down so you can tell when people were born and when they died and who they were married to. So those are the sorts of things that I look at. Very interesting. We'll all have a look around later. Judge Jasmine, when people are in your court and you weren't there to see who stole the chocolate or who hit somebody, how do you decide who's guilty? I call into my court people who were there at the event and the friends and family of the victims and the accused. I then listen to all the witness statements and then make my final decision. And Chief Inspector Hans Koof, how do you know who it was? that ate all the chocolate? Well, when I'm investigating the crime, I look at all the clues, I look for the fingerprints, I look for anything the thief might have left behind, I examine all of the evidence. Let's give them a clap, thank you. Well, that was an exciting guest appearance. <clears throat> but you may be asking, what has all this got to do with God? Well, there's a famous Christian speaker who went into a school one day to take an assembly. His name is J. John. And he said to the children, children, you can ask me any question you like about God. And one boy stuck up his hand and he said, have you ever seen God? And do you know what J. John said? J. John said, have you ever seen Queen Victoria? And the little boy said, no, I haven't seen Queen Victoria because I wasn't alive at the right time. And the message of Christmas, the message that the children have just explained to us in the play is that if we had been there at the time, at the time of Jesus' birth, we could have seen God. If we'd been there, we could have seen God and lots of people did see God. Do you remember the prophets early on in the play, right at the beginning? The prophets were telling us he was coming. They told us what he would be like. And then we had the scene with Mary and Joseph and the angel Gabriel. Can anybody remember what the angel Gabriel said to Joseph? I'm going to see if angel Gabriel himself remembers. If he, <laughs> he might not want to say, do you want to say your line again or not really? You should still marry Mary. The baby in her tummy is going to be the, the king. Well done! Joseph obviously told Mary when she got home, and he, when, when he got home. And then, after that, after Gabriel said that God himself is coming, do you remember John, who was sitting here, said that Jesus grew up? And Jesus showed us a bit more about what God's like. Jesus showed us that God is kind. God loved people that other people ignored and left out. 
Jesus also turned water into wine at a party because the poor couple had run out of wine at their wedding and they were very embarrassed. And Jesus came in and helped them. He also healed the sick. He opened the eyes of blind people. He made people who couldn't walk able to walk. He had power over nature. Don't know if you know, he calmed a storm with a word. And he walked on water. And he also taught people how to live. But as well as showing us what God is like, Jesus came to do something else. He came to rescue us. Do you remember our four evangelists? They told us a bit about this at the end. Because the Bible says that we were all created by God to be in a relationship with him. But that he gives us the choice. We can choose whether to live with God in charge of our life or whether to be in charge of our lives ourselves. Do you know, throughout history, everybody has chosen at some point to ignore God, to ignore what God says and to do life their own way, to shut God out and to turn their backs on him. And that's what creates a barrier between us and God. But this is the amazing message of Christmas, because God loves us too much to let us just live separately from him. He wants to give us another chance. He wants to rescue us. And Jesus came, God himself, God the Son, came as a baby. And when he grew up, he never ignored God. He never made a barrier between himself and God the Father. But then, Jesus died on the cross in our place. The innocent one swapped places with us, and he paid for all the wrong things we've done, all the times we've hurt each other, all the right things we didn't do. He took our punishment instead of us. It is the best swap ever. Don't know if we can have the song words back up on the screen. We sang about this in the song. It started, you can see, brilliant. Um, in the darkness, we were waiting without hope, without light, till from heaven you came running. There was mercy in your eyes. And the song reminds us, without God, it is that we're in darkness, and we can't rescue ourselves. But God came running towards us. He came to rescue us. Then it says, a little bit further on, to reconcile the lost, to redeem the whole creation, you did not despise the cross. For even in your suffering, you saw to the other side, knowing this was our salvation, Jesus, for our sake, you died. And there's some long words in that. We've been looking at them with the children, so you could ask any child afterwards, and I like to think they could tell you what they mean. Just one we're going to look at is reconcile. To reconcile means to bring back together. So if there's a sad day and you lose your dog or your teddy. We've had a few lost doggies in our house recently. Or your parent. And somebody helps you find them and they bring you back together with your teddy or with your parent. You're reconciled to them. To reconcile means to be brought back together. Or even worse, if you have a bit of a fight with somebody and you're not friends for a little bit. And then you make up and you're friends again. That means you're reconciled with your friend. And Jesus' death reconciles us with God. It removes the barrier. It takes away all the mess so that we can know God again. And then the other word from the song I wanted to draw our attention to is to redeem. To redeem is a word that comes from the slave market. If you were a slave, you weren't free. You couldn't choose what you did with your own life. But if somebody came along and paid the redemption price, it meant they paid your owner... You were not a slave anymore, and you were set free. And what Jesus does on the cross is he pays the price that we owe for all the mess we've done, all the debt we've done, so that we can be set free again. But you remember, towards the end of the song, 
we sang, and all the children crouched down, and we sang. The morning that you rose, all of heaven held its breath, till that stone was moved for good, for the Lamb had conquered death. And the dead rose from their tombs, and the angels stood in awe, for the souls of all who come to the Father are restored. Because Jesus didn't stay dead, did he? On the third day, he rose again. What do we call the day when we remember Jesus rising again? Shervin. Christmas is when he was born. Good point. What do you think? Easter. That's right. The story doesn't end at Christmas. It's Easter. We remember that Jesus rose again. And because Jesus rose again and he broke the barrier of death, that means that if we die and we've accepted Jesus' invitation, we can go and be with him forever at his party in heaven. So Jesus' death makes all the difference. But you might be asking, how do we know? I hope you are asking. I hope you've all got your detective historian hats on. How do we know this actually happened? How do we know that Jesus' birth and life and death and resurrection are real? How do we know about events when we weren't there? Well, Sandy. Exactly. Luke, John, Mark, and Matthew all wrote down what happened. Now, here's a question. Does anybody know, out of those four, which two actually were friends with Jesus and actually were there at the time? Benjamin. I think it was John and somebody else. I can't remember who. That's a great first answer. Does anyone know the second one? Matthew. Yes, very good. So Matthew and John were Jesus' friends. They really saw with their eyes everything that happened. But what about Mark and Luke? How did they know what happened? Does anybody know? Toby, do you think? I'd be very impressed if you do. They were friends with Jesus' friends. Very good. They were. So Mark was friends with Peter. Peter was one of Jesus' best friends. And Mark wrote down his account. You know, sometimes famous people, rugby players, politicians, they write their books, but you'll notice that somebody actually helps them who knows how to write properly. Well, it was a bit like that. And Luke, Luke tells us at the beginning of his book, many have undertaken to draw an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who were, who were eyewitnesses. With this in mind, I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, and I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you've been taught. And we saw Luke, didn't we, interviewing the townspeople. They all had things to tell him, and Luke did lots of interviews. We have lots of decisions to make. Sometimes we need to decide where to go on holiday, or if we want to buy something on Amazon. Does anybody here ever look at reviews on Amazon, reviews on holidays, TripAdvisor? They're all a bit dodgy these days, but sometimes we can find a genuine one. And children, I think children often ask each other, certainly my children ask their friends, have you seen this film, have you got this toy? They find out from somebody who knows if something's worth getting. And so to finish this talk, you might be wondering what these boxes are here for. Now we're gonna find out. I want to do a little experiment. So I'm looking for 10 volunteers. I would like to have, I'm gonna have five grown-ups and five children. So I'm gonna start with the grown-ups, so you can stay calm. I'd like to have Adam, I'd like to have Tom, I'd like to have Reese. I'd like to have Ken. And I'd like to have Tom. 
Could you go and wait in there? And Hannah and, and Ellie are going to wait with you because we're going to bring some children in as well. And we have good safeguarding procedures here. So I'd like you can go get through. Do you want to? I won't have you because your daddy's already there. Emily, do you want to go through? Do you want to go through, Kian? Do you get through? One more from this side. This is so, so much pressure. Do you want to go through? Okay, if you go through, children, I'll, t- I'll tell you each as you come out, one at a time, what's going to happen. So we'll have to be very quiet. You go through there. Isabel will get them out. I hope the TV's not on in there, or they'll all find out what's happening through the relay. For... Okay, can I have a, the first daddy? Doesn't matter which one. Okay, what you all need to know is, in these five boxes, only one box has chocolate in it and the rest are empty. So each person's gonna come up and they're gonna just be able to choose one box and we'll see if they find the chocolate. This is Ken, he's coming first. Choose a box, I'll help you open it. That one, is there any chocolate in there? The bells, no, nothing. You put it back though, so no, because nobody needs to know. Can we call her next, Daddy? Thank you, if you could just stay over there. Don't give them any clues. Come on, Tom. Any box? Choose a box. Just one. Oh! What is, that's empty. What is that about that box? Next, Daddy, please. Tom, could you just stay over here next to Ken? Thank you very much. Next one. Who's coming next? Tom. Don't give them clues, especially if you don't know the answer. <laughs> I'm the only one who knows. Choose a box, Tom. Oh. <laughs> Two other daddies chose that one, but you're welcome to choose it. Go, go for it. Go for it. Go. Quick, quick, quick. If you can stand over there. Why do they all choose that one? Okay, next, Daddy. Do you think it's the shiniest? Who's coming now? Who's coming? Adam. Right, if you could choose a box nice and quickly, because we're getting all so excited now. What? Has he found it? He's found the chocolate. Adam, you can have one piece of chocolate and then go and stand over there. Last daddy, I think. Last daddy, please. Let's put it back. Don't tell anybody. Don't say. <laughs> Reese, choose a box, any box. Pick, just pick, pick it up, see if it, there's anything in it. No. Okay, we've only got children left. Do you think it's quite difficult? How many daddies found the chocolate? Do you think we should become a bit kinder? What we're gonna do is we're gonna let the the children ask one daddy which box to open. First child, please. Well done, Saffron. You only one daddy found the chocolate. We thought it was so difficult. You can now ask, just ask one daddy which box they opened. <laughs> Adam, which box did they open? You 
The purple one. The purple one. Those aren't mine. Give them, leave them to him. Go and open the purple box. It's behind your back. What? It's behind your back. Here you are, Adam. You might need this back. Go and open the purple box. See if you can find anything. <laughs> Success? Do you want to grab one and then put the rest back? Just, just take one. Don't eat it now. Just take, go and sit back down. Next child, please. No, 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 they're out there already. Because <laughs> they have to not know. Well done, Kian. Kian, you can choose one box, but most of the daddies couldn't find the chocolate, so now we've decided you can ask one daddy which box they looked in, see if that helps you find the chocolate. So look at all the daddies and see which one you think is a good one to ask. You can't come up here, come up here. Which daddy do you reckon knows the answer? Which daddy do you think found the chocolate? Which one? Can you see any clues? Can you see a clue which daddy might have the chocolate? Which daddy's got the chocolate wrappers? Go and ask him which one he opened. The purple one. The purple one. Let's go. Do you want to, well, you don't have to choose the purple. Sorry, I'm, I'm jumping the gun. If you, you want to grab a piece. I think, Isabel, we might have two children out all at once just to keep this going because people's lunch must might. Well done, Kian. Don't eat it now. Especially not with the wrapper on. Okay, guys. Only one of the daddies knows which box has the chocolate in. You can look at the daddies and see which daddy you reckon is worth asking. Which daddy do you think knows where the chocolate is? Can you see any clues? Which one do you think has the chocolate wrappers? Which one? No, look at the one which has the chocolate wrappers. Can you see? That one. Do you want to ask him which box did you open? open? The purple one. The purple one. There we go. Do you want to take one? Don't eat it now. Just hold on to it for a little bit. And um, can we have the last child out who's been waiting super patiently in there? And we can have the leaders out again too. Emily. Well done. Emily, the daddies found it very difficult. Only one of the daddies found the chocolate. So we've decided the children can each ask, you can just ask one daddy where you think the chocolate is. So you need to look at the daddies and think which one found the chocolate and ask them which box it's in. So have a little look. There's no tricks. Which one do you think found the chocolates? Come and ask him which box he opened. Which box did you open? The purple one. The purple one. Do you want to look in the purple one? There, you found it. You can take one. If everybody could give my helpers a big clap. And if you could all take a seat again. What a successful scientific experiment we've had here today. Do you know the point that I was trying to show us is Sometimes if you have to guess in life, 
It's impossible to guess. If you look at these boxes, it is impossible to guess which one has the chocolate in. You just don't know. Some people got it right, some people got it wrong. It could be called statistics. I mean, you could try and guess. But the children, how many of the children got it right? Why did the children get it right? Annabelle. It was, it was a bit clueless, or one of the daddies had chocolate in their hands which they shouldn't have ate, which made it much easier for them to get. Exactly. One of the daddies had found the chocolate, and their children could ask him. They could see the clues, and they could ask him. And that's the thing with God. God doesn't want us to have to guess what he's like. He's given us clues. He's given us people who've met him, who wrote it all down, and he's alive today, and we can know him too. So, this Christmas, what about you? Are you going to be a detective? Are you going to be an investigator? Are you going to investigate for yourself? What is God like? On the welcome desk at the back, we have free for you two of the books that our writers wrote. They're free, and you could have Mark. Oh, I haven't brought Mark up, but Mark's there. Mark's the shortest. Or you could have John. John explains the meaning of everything, as we heard. Or you could have Luke. Luke's got the story of the shepherds and the angels, so it's a very Christmassy one. Also, if you're a child aged naught to six, you're very welcome to come back here. Every Sunday morning, we have children's church, and we investigate, what is God like? How can I know him? Is he interested in me? If you're older, if you're year seven through to the end of school, we have youth group in the evening. And if you're a grown-up, we also have, there's two different flyers, look, a nice Cambridge one and a regular one. We have the Alpha course starting in January. I went on the Alpha course with my friends this year, and it was brilliant. You come in, it's nice lighting, somebody gives you a drink, you have delicious food at your table, supper with cake, and there's a short talk about the meaning of life, about the Christian faith, and then you discuss it. And on my table, we had some people who had really big questions. Some people who had lots of doubts, some people who had lots of thoughts about what they thought, and other people who didn't really have any thoughts at all. They just were interested to know. So you can come whether you're a skeptic, whether you're just not sure, whether you've never thought about it before. It was really interesting, and it was really fun. And you were all invited. This Christmas... We're going to have lots, we've got lots to look forward to. I think there'll be turkey, there'll be Christmas trees, there'll be tinsel, there might be time off work. But will you take time as well to investigate for yourself whether you think these witnesses are reliable, whether you think Jesus really is God, whether you think he really died and rose again? And when you've done that, you might think, yeah. Only God could do these things. Only God could walk on water, raise the dead, heal the sick. Only God shows that sort of kindness. If you do, I'm going to tell you to finish what we need to do next. If somebody gives you a birthday party invitation, what do you have to do? Before you go, there's one other thing you have to do. What do you think, Imogen? What do you think? Get ready for the party. That is, I forgot that one. That's a really good one. You need to reply. Is that what you get? But you were right, Imogen. Uh, that was another one that I thought. You need to reply. And do you know how you reply to God's invitation? God came down at Christmas. He wrote it all down. And we can reply. We can accept his invitation. You do that by talking to him, by praying. 
You can say, thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Thank you for paying for all my mistakes and making me clean. Please come into my life. I want you to be king. I want you to be in charge. And John told us why he wrote his book. I don't know if John would like to tell us. John wouldn't. I'm going to read it out myself. John said, I wrote these things so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and by believing in him, have life in his name. Because the best present of all is a relationship with our Heavenly Father, who made you, who knows you by name, who made you for a purpose, who loves you and has a life in relationship with him planned for you, and a place with him in heaven when you die. So do take a time, take a witness account, have a little think, is Jesus really God and how you're going to reply to his invitation this Christmas? I'm going to pray for us all. Thank you, Father God, for coming to earth to rescue us, to pay for our mess so that we could be clean and start life again in a relationship with you. Thank you that you made sure witnesses wrote down everything that happened so we could know what you're like. And thank you that you are alive today so we can know you ourselves now and one day have a home in heaven with you. Amen.